faces and like we said, I know there's a few few people here for the probably for the first time. I think I'm looking around, um, or maybe doesn't not too regular, but as well as everyone else, it's great to be a part of a refreshed family. And if you've walked in through the door for the first time today, then consider yourself part of the crew. Um, it's great to have you here. It really is. Uh, experience. Bondi started us off with a bit of an experience, and I'm glad you did, Amanda. Uh, really glad you did because uh, it's sort of exactly what I want to talk about. Uh, an experience. Now, how uh, we're talking about uh, experiencing God. Uh, last week, Simo kicked off the series. We've got a series uh, four or five weeks. We're talking about experiencing God, and what does that mean? Is it like, like where, what, you know, what is that all about? And if it is something that's sort of a bit more tangible, then how do we how do we get our hands on that? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Simo to to play a clip. And it's, it's very well introduced by, by Bondi's pictures there before. And this is something that I experienced for the first time. Not, not, I've done other things, but this particular, uh, this, this particular thing I experienced for the first time not too long ago. It was in about three weeks ago. So, what is the ride of those who have been on that one? Superman ride at Movie World. Okay, so that's a Superman, Superman ride at Movie World. Um, now, I can tell you all about the Superman ride at Movie World. I've been on other... I'd been to Movie World years and years, actually, not too long after it opened. Well, not too long after it opened. Didn't have the, movie, didn't have the Superman ride then. So, when I went to Movie World again, first time for, for many years, um, took the boys there. Dad, we've got to go on the Superman ride, and we did. It was great. I loved it. It was awesome. Um, now, some of you, like Mandy, I'm sorry to bring your name up again, but, but you, know, you know that fear, there's, there's obviously people who um, you know, get quite nervous and, uh, and just, just say, no, I'll hold the bags, thanks, or I'll push the pram, or whatever it might be, you know, no, no, look, we can't all go, we've got wallets and phones and things to hang on to, all right, you always see a few of those sort of people hanging around the, you know, hanging around the, the queue line, um, there's all these people, no, you're all right, you go, no, anyone else want me to hold anything, you know, that sort of person. And then you get the other people who just like who who just love it, and they'll be like they just sort of you know when no one's looking, these kids you know ducking through and trying to jump the queue because they want another go at a ride. Now I can tell you all about it. Uh, you know we could we could share what sort of ride it was. You can sort of describe how you were sitting. You can describe the harness. You know, and he's like pushing the harness down. Our boys and I went on it the other day, and we try and like puff yourself up and you know like put your legs up. So when the harness comes down, it, you know like they push it down, and then when they like when the attendant sort of goes past you, relax yourself, and then you can sort of like hang loose. You know, like so we're doing that's pretty cool until you sort of like feel like you, you are going to go out, then you start clipping yourself in a little bit. Um, I can tell you how fast it felt. We can tell you like how high you went, and, and you can even describe some of the noises that you hear while you're sitting in the cart, particularly if you've got a few teenage girls behind you or something like that, you know. Uh, we can tell you all about this sort of stuff. But I can't... I can't tell you, I can't tell you right here, right now, sitting in, you know, sitting in the PA room in, at North Pine, I can't, I can't give you that experience. I can tell you about it, and I could tell you how great I thought it was, and, you know, yeah, let's do that one again, and, you know, we made sure that's one we did a couple of times, but I can't, I can't give you that experience. So it's, experience is something you can't really, 
you can share your story, but you can't really share the actual experience. And, and we're talking, like I said before, we're talking a little bit about experiencing God and how, you know, and how to experience God, it's got to be something that you do for yourself. It's got to be something that you take on board because I guess by its very nature, experience is a, is a do word, is something that you actually have to, you know, get off your seat and, you know, make an effort and go and do things. Uh, last week, Simo, like I said before, alluded to before, Simo talked about, you know, some of our perceptions of God um, or, are based on sometimes how we experience him. Now, God never changes, like God's the same, but our experiences with God change. And I'll be real honest, often when people have pretty poor experiences with God stuff, uh, they just think, if that's it, like, you know, what, what is that? You know, if that's all there is, then if, you know, if that, if that person's a Christian and they're the sort of the underhanded sort of person that's not real nice to anyone, you're thinking, well, if that's, if that's like, a, if that's where Christianity takes you, then why would you bother? Rightly so. Um, and I don't know if you've ever prayed, and I've done this, um, where you've, you've found yourself in a situation uh, where things aren't looking real bright, um, it might be work pressures, it might be family pressures, it might be all types of things, but there's stuff that's going on in your life that's really getting you down. It's sort of, not just like an exam, okay, we've got that, although if you had, after a week or two of them, I get, you know, like being there, you're like, oh, stuff, exams. But, you know, stuff that really starts to mm, crush you a bit, and you're going, God, let me out of this, get me out of this. Sure, you know, I'm, you don't want me here, God. I know this is not right. And if you're a God of love, then why would you want me in this situation? And you start praying, God, you know, if you're really there and if you're real, and you start these sort of talks. And I've done that. And you pray, God, come on, now, now's the time. You know, I believe in you. I'm, you know, let's, let's make this work. And often, nothing happens. And then it's like, well, what do you do with that? You know, like, where is, where is God when you really need him? Um, and, and I don't know if you guys have done the same. Uh, you know, you're just thinking, God, just please answer this prayer. Please intervene in a situation. And you know, start thinking like, oh, God, you know, maybe I can have a crash on the way to work. That's going to be better than when I get there. You know, or something stupid and completely irrational like that. You know, thinking, oh, well, if there was a fire at school, I wouldn't have to teach again. No, I'm joking. Right? But sometimes it gets to you so much, and it's like, ah, oh, I'm just like, can't handle this and where, where's God where is God where where is this you know the experiences that you have aren't aren't these like you know hey come to church and you know Jesus is you know he's the one and he'll take care of you and he loves you and and you know he makes sure that nothing ever bad happens to you and you, you hear this sort of rhetoric it's like yeah well, that's not what I'm seeing that's not that's not where I'm seeing uh, you know if he really loved us then surely he wouldn't allow us to go through this stuff we start asking ourselves these sort of questions um, and then you start thinking, well, maybe God is real, but he just, some reason, just forgot about me. You know, we hear people, and people seem to have some really genuine experiences with God, but like, I can never get there. Like, I pray, and, you know, I read my Bible sometimes, or I've tried that in the past. I remember a guy one time telling me, you know, he said, Neil, he said, I've, 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 I've tried praying to God, you know, I'd ask for direction in life. I had some big decisions to make business-wise, and... And I, you know, I could have gone either way and had some things happening in my family and I just prayed. I said, right, oh God, you show me. And he said, I was real honest, God, you show me. He never showed me, he said. I never found out. He said, so what do I do? Just go and do my, like, so he said, I just suppose I'll just make it up best I can. And that often is 
our experience, and my guess is there's probably plenty of people here who've gone, yeah, I probably could at least put my hand up for I've, I've experienced that at some time. Where you think, where is God? Like, I've tried. But I just, I just can't seem to, you know, can I ever, will I ever, like, really experience, you know, we hear people saying these great stories about how God intervened and, you know, God healed my sick child or God did this for my, you know, dog or whatever it is, and you're thinking, well, you know, like, surely... Where's, he when he need, where's, where's God when I need him in these big, difficult situations? Um, I guess no one here, I'm guessing, no one here would probably ever turn down a, an opportunity. Like, if I could guarantee you, if I said, right, I, I guarantee you we're going, we, we're going to be able to see God at work and we're going to experience God in a real and tangible way, um, don't worry, I'm not going to be like, doing anything like you know mystical or anything here don't panic um but like you know if, you, if, if we could say you know you can experience God in a real and tangible way my guess is there's no one here that would actually turn that down you'd go yeah I'd like to see that I'd like to be a part of that I'd like to experience that because quite often what we have in life is sort of is sort of like pretty dry you know and if and if you're a first time at a church maybe this is your first time to church for forever or for a long time or God hasn't really been on your radar um, you're just thinking, well, I would believe if I saw that sort of, if I could see some sort of, you know, real tangible evidence of God, then I would believe this. But, you know, you just, you never really see it. And, and like, and, you know, even if you've been, even if you're a, a Christian, you've been a Christian for a long time, um, you still think, well, I know this whole God story is correct, but I still don't sort of see God all that often. I still don't see him at work all that. I don't see him, at, I mean, I know he's there, you know, and you sort of, the mind tells you he's there, but sometimes the heart's saying, well, I'd like to see a bit more of that as well. I'd like to have him as a real and tangible part in our life. Um, we hear, when it, comes to, when it comes to us guys who, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, I've been a Christian all my life, um, and, and there may be some people here who are just like me, uh, and we'll say, hey, you know, has anyone got a story about, you know, where they saw God at work? And someone will stand up and say, yeah, well, I remember. It was about six or eight years ago. And they start giving this an incredible and, 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 you know, a good account of something that happened six or eight years ago. But the thing that goes through your mind is, well, have you not seen God since? Or, like, you know, what happened? Like, it was six or eight years ago since. And, I mean, they're good stories, don't get me wrong, and that's all, that's all fair game. But, like, where has he been for the last six or eight years? You know, like, what happened last week? Is he, is he, is he there with you or is he not? And so today, today we'd like to... Um, we'd like to explore that a little bit further um, and I guess we want to delve into some scripture uh, to just to I guess to see you know what how do we how do we see how do we see God at work how do we experience God how do we how do we make this thing like more more tangible more real how do we build this thing up um, you know and if we asked ourselves you know what would we like to see what would you like to see if, if what, what is it that you would like to see God do for you? You know, maybe it is some sort of miracle. Maybe it is some sort of, you know, you've got, you've got a sick family member or you've got someone who's, you know, who's dying or who's suffering or maybe there's someone somewhere who's, you know, a bit out of control in certain areas of their life. And maybe you think, you know, I'd really love to see God at work in that. Um, you know, maybe you'd like some divine intervention. Uh, maybe you'd like a changed life for yourself. Something that, you know what, I don't crave that anymore. I've got a problem with whatever it might be. And I don't, maybe I'd, if I could have see God at work, I'd stop that craving for that 
substance or that thing or whatever it might be. Or maybe if you had, there's, you know, people with maybe relationship issues thinking, you know, if God was really at work, then maybe we could fix this relationship up. Or if it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend thing, maybe you're thinking maybe it'd be better if he just went away. I don't know, whatever it might be. Like, where, where is God and, and how can we see him at work? I'd like to make a suggestion this morning. I'd like to suggest that a really powerful way to start seeing God at work is start to understand what God's will is. Um, and I guess because the reason for this is if we're going to experience something, then we're going to have to participate in something. Just like we saw before, uh, up on the screen, we, like the, the whole um, roller coaster ride, like, it's okay to sit in a seat and watch it. Uh, by the way, just put your hand up if you've actually never been on a roller coaster, like, you know, like a high-powered roller coaster. Never actually been on a high... I mean, there's a few little hands going up, right, you know, because they're like a bit shy anyway. Okay, there's a few people, okay, never been on a roller coaster. Okay, most people have then, I take it. Okay, so you understand that, that in order to experience something, you have to actually take some steps and you actually have to go and do something to experience it. And if you're just sitting back as a passive observer then yeah, we can, people, other people can tell you all about it. But until you actually realise and actually do, then it's very hard to experience. And so I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this morning a little bit about the doing now um, and how to actually participate in, in this stuff. Now I'm going to go to uh, John 15. Uh, and if you've got a Bible, John 15, otherwise we're going to throw it up here on the screen, I think. Um, now in John 15, uh, it's Jesus speaking. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's explaining, um, I guess he's explaining how this whole relationship between himself, Jesus, and the disciples is, is uh, how it works. Now, John, John 15, we're going to start in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. In other words, he's given this like analogy, okay? So he's saying, look, this is what it's like, okay? Uh, this, is, this is me and you and, and God and all this sort of stuff. This is what it's like. So he says, he says, starts off, he says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in him, uh, he, will, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So in other words, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. And apart from him, you can do nothing. Okay, so to start with, you're thinking, okay, bear much fruit. We'll concentrate on that little phrase there for a bit. Bear much fruit. All right, so bear much fruit. You're thinking, well, that's cool. Like, I, you know, that's, if I could be doing things for God and doing things like in a bigger and better way, I, I can handle that. All right, that would be experiencing God, would it not? Like, that would be actually going, okay, that's pretty cool. We're going to jump down to verse 7. It says, if, I'm, if you remain in me, there it goes again, that same sort of phrase coming through again, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. All right, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, like, you know, if you said, if you said, like, if you could seriously take, if this was like a serious thing, like, is this, is this for real? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. Beauty, all right? I mean, like, that's like, sure, that's fantastic. Like, anything, like it says here, I'm just reading what it says. Um, and we're thinking, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's pretty good. Um, 
And I guess we're thinking, well, what's this whole remain in me all about? Because that seems to be the thing that needs to, we need to lock into. Like, is this like understanding the will of God? And so quite often what we'll do is we ask ourselves, and what we can do is ask ourselves, all right, well, what does God want me to do? What, does God, what is God's will? This is how we usually phrase it. And if you've been around church circles for a while, you've heard this a hundred times, and if you're new, or well, maybe not. But we often ask ourselves, well, what is God's will for my life? Now, there's plenty of young people in this room. We're just about to finish year 12, just about to finish uni, uh, or whatever it is along the way. Guaranteed, a lot of you may, or you know, a lot of you may have just gone, "What? What is God's will for my life?" You know, if I want to tap into this power of God, if I want to tap into this something a bit special, what is God's will? Like, if, if I've got to tap in and remain in God, like, what does God want for me? What is God's will for my life? But I would suggest that. If we look, we skipped over a few verses, and I did, sort of did that deliberately, but I would suggest that we've probably just asked the wrong question. Because quite often we ask ourselves, what is God's will for my life? What does God want me to do? What should I be doing? How should I go about making a difference? Or how should I go about living this life? And, and, you know, and then, I'm, then I'd love to see God at work along the way. But the question I believe we probably should be asking is not what is God's will me but rather what is God's will full stop I don't know if you pick up the difference there what is not what is God's will for my life but in fact what is God's will let me explain it I want you to imagine use your imagination I want you to imagine that you are a professional panel beater okay you know like someone who fixes busted up cars you know you crash a car you take it to the panel beater he knocks out the dents or puts a new panel on sprays it up uh, you get it back it's never quite the same but you get it back like it looks pretty good for a few few years anyway till the paint starts to fade but you want to imagine that you're a panel beater now you're driving down the road one day and, and, and you know you're on your way to work or something like this and you come across a car accident okay so you've seen you've seen smashed up cars before but you're on the road you come across a car accident now inside this car uh, uh, there's some people still in there. Okay, they're not, not like the worst scene ever, but yeah, certainly some people are, are a bit, bit hurt and a bit, you know, a few gashes here and there, and there's some blood, and there's a kid in the car, and, and you know, mum's still trapped in the passenger side, and dad's just sort of got out of the car, and he's like, he's a bit dazed, and you're one of the first people on the scene. Bit of dust still, and there's broken glass, and you know, there's bits and pieces of car body on the road still, and different things like that, and you walk up there, and and you go, mate. Um, is this your car? And this guy's sort of half dazed, and he's going, yeah, yeah, he's going, Phew, it's going to take some fixing. I mean, look at the front end of this. I mean, like, you've got all the front panel smashed in, you've got a broken light, and he's going, oh, yeah, I suppose I have. And, you know, the kid's crying in the back of the car, and you're going, oh, hang on, I'll, I'll take a bit of a look for it, look for you, you know, and, you, and you're looking around, and you're going, oh, yeah, that plastic front guard there, rubbish, you'll have to replace that all together. Um, you know, the grill's busted up, and you're thinking, oh, it's not too bad. I think she's a repairable, though. Like, well, I think we'll be able to get this going. And the guy's walking around, you know, and he's got a bit of blood hanging out of his head here. And he's, you know, he's like, oh, okay, mate, oh, all right, you know. Like, when we ask ourselves the question, what is God's will for me? Often we get a bit self, self-centered, self-focused on what, you know, oh, well, we've got to use this. I mean, I'm a professional panel beater after all. Like, this is what I do. That's okay. There's a time for that. But you know what? Maybe, just maybe, that's not exactly what God wants for us right in the time 
And someone else comes along and goes, mate, what are you doing? You know, there's these people bleeding here. He's going, well, well, the front of the car smashed up as well. I mean, you know, we've got to look after everyone here. You know, it just doesn't quite add up. I want you to go, I want to go back. I want to read, uh, read through these verses a little bit in more detail. Verse 5, we're going to go back to verse 5. So this is John chapter 15. So he's making this analogy about the relationship between his disciples and himself. And I think we can draw the same principles and apply this to our lives, similarly to what he did to apply this to his disciples' lives. Um, I am a vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, he can do nothing. First point. The branch is at the end of the vine. So the part that bears fruit is the branch, okay? And Jesus here is saying, you guys are the branches, you are the branches. You are the ones producing fruit. You're coming up with the goods. All right? So that's, that's, that's us. We're, at the end. You're, we're the ones that can come up with the goods. However, he says, if a, man, if a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But apart from me, he can do nothing. Pretty obvious. Chop the branch off. There will be no fruit. If we're not connected to Jesus... We're never going to bear any fruit. If we're not connected to Jesus, you're never going to experience what it's like to, to bear fruit. Is that making sense? You want to experience God? You want to find out what God's will is? You've got to be connected. You've got to be connected. If anyone does not remain in me, this is verse 6, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. All right, like we just said, not a lot of use. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given. How does that work? Well, think about it. If you're connected to the vine, you're already producing the fruit that God wants you to produce. You want to experience God, the first thing you need to do is be connected in a pretty solid way to the source, to where the nutrients and where the water flows from and all that sort of stuff. You've got to be connected. This is to my Father's glory, verse 8, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And then he goes on, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay, so here we go. We just think about this for a little bit. So as the Father, so as the Father loves, this is God in heaven, so as the Father loves me, so God loves Jesus, he says, so I loved you. And he says, and I want you to remain in my love. In other words, I want to remain in a relationship with you. That's what he's calling for. We want to stay connected. And so often it's so easy, and if you've been around church circles for a while, it's so easy to try, just do stuff, even though you haven't got a... You can even do God stuff, even though you haven't got a God connection. And that's when Christians get a bad name, I think, because they go away and do stuff that's... They're, they're, they're not even anywhere close where God wants them to be. But they're like, well, I used to be connected once, and this stay connected. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands... And remain in his love. I have told you, and we'll find out what that command is in a minute. I have told you that told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this love each other as I have loved you. That's the key. Love each other as I have loved you and remain in relationship. Now, with how did Jesus love the disciples? I'll tell you how Jesus loved the disciples. Now Jesus' disciples were his closest friends or his closest companions, the ones that he trained up, the ones that he got to do his ministry. When Jesus first started asking those guys to come and join him, what did they do? 
Beforehand, Matthew, he's a tax collector. He's like, he's like the scum. Jesus came along to the guy who was the lowest of lows and said, you know what, I'd love if you'd be on my team. I'd love it if you came and hang out with me. That's the command. That's, that's how Jesus loved. And then he said to Peter, the guy who was always shooting his mouth off, the guy who was always um, making a bit of a fool of himself, he said, I'd love you on my side. It's a bit of an unlovable, Nelly, but I'd love you on my side. James and John, the guys who wanted to be first, who were always sort of pushing their way to the top of the, you know, trying to be on the top of the rung, uh, or on the top rung, he, he said to them, no, 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 that's not how it works, but I still want you on my side. And the list goes on. Nathaniel, when he first heard about Jesus, he said, what the, you know, Jesus, doesn't he come from Nazareth? Can any good come out of Nazareth? He bagged Jesus and his family and, his, and his, where he came from. Jesus said, I still love you and I still want you on my side. It's loving ridiculously. How do we know the will of God? Um, to begin to love like Jesus loved, to stay connected with Jesus. How do we experience God? To try and understand what God's will is. What's God's will? It's this. It's love and ridiculously. Now, verse 11, we skipped over verse 11 a bit quick, but verse 11, we'll just go back to it. This is what it says. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In other words, you're not going to want anything else. This is it. This is it. If you get to understand my will, this is it. This is as good as it gets. I want to imagine... um, Imagine a church. Imagine a church group that met at a school. Just like this one. Funnily enough. You know, that actually understood that not just one or two people... But the, the, the whole group, you know, and if you've walked in the door, you know, we consider you part of the group. Maybe you don't, maybe you're like, hey, I'm never coming back. I don't know, but I hope not. But if, you, but if you're in this, you know, if you're in this building today, you are part of this group. You know, imagine a place, imagine where we all sort of understood, you know what? I need to be tapped into the source. I need to be connected. I need to be connected to, to, to Jesus and I need to be connected to the, you know, to the, the nutrients and the, and the goodness that comes from the main trunk, from the main vine. I want you to... Um, I want you, if, if, imagine if we had that sort of a place where we all did that together uh, and we were able to remain in Jesus' love. In other words, to continue and to have a relationship with him that we understood that it's so important to have a relationship with him at all times. And if we all asked, each, if we all asked individually between us and God, if we said, right, God, don't worry about what my will is. I'm not worried about me, but what is your will? Just what do you want to have, see happen? What do you want to see happen at this place? What do you want to see happen at North Pine? Because I think that's a very different question to like, oh God, what do you want me to do? It's like, all right, in my sphere of the world, in my sphere of influence and the, the part of life, and it might be where you work also, or it might be wherever it is, but the, where you go, where you live, uh, where you go to work or whatever it might be, what is your will? What would you like God to see happen? And then we're right there. We're not the panel beater. We're the next person on the scene that's going to turn up with a, with a ripped shirt or something that's going to be starting to patch up people's lives or helping out wherever we can. Um, there's a couple of things I just want to mention here. Um, imagine if we could work in God's power. Imagine if we could, if we could be the ones who 
who, you know what, we're going to experience God because we've tapped into the source and because we do understand his will. I believe we will start seeing him at work in new and powerful ways. Um, there's three things I want to, I want to um, make mention. I guess th- three things that can really make a difference. And that is when we understand that God is love. Now, sometimes when we've had a bad experience, we might go, well, I haven't seen that because surely why would God let this happen if he was... God is love. Bad stuff still happens, but God is love. And what he wants, his will, what he wants in our area is going to be best. It's going to be better than any plan that we could put together. God is love. God is also all-knowing. His directions, what he wants us to do, the way he wants us to go, is always going to be right. He's always going to be the best way. Again, it's going to be something better than we could ever come up with. And God is all-powerful. He can help us accomplish that will. He can help us accomplish what we need to accomplish. And again, it'd be great, you know, if we could have, and I think, and we see that here already, a whole community who's going, you know what, I'm prepared to do whatever it is, whatever God's will is. Even if it's not quite my thing, we're going to jump in and we're going to make this work. And we're going to try and help as many people in our community as possible we can. And I'd invite every single person, again, I don't care if it's your first time here at church or a church ever or whatever it might be or whether, you know, you've, you've been sitting in a pew for years and years and years on end and doing church. doesn't matter. But all of us join in and find out what God's will is, what God wants, what you think God's will is, not just for me, but for all of us and to jump on board and make that happen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just want to thank you so very much that we can come together as a community, as a group of people, and that you can be a part of that. And I pray that we can, we can maybe experience this, that we can actually get out and put things into action and to participate, not just to sit back and watch from the sideline, but actually participate in, in your will. And that through that, Lord, I believe, and, and I'm sure you know, from what we've read there today, that we will see you at work in, in powerful ways and we will experience you at work. And that's something that will just fire us, fire us up even more. Thank you, Lord. Amen.